we actually can conjure up the inner picturing in people's imaginations. And what I mean by this is depending on how we use our voice, how we use the tonality as well as the words, we can activate in someone's imagination the idea of their own magnificent possibility. Hello and welcome to Brilliant Misfits, talks with women who are the renegades, the creatives, the entrepreneurs, the artists who didn't fit in and how they've turned it around by courageously following the beat of their own heart. We'll be discussing all things creative, mindful and artful to inspire you to do it your way and be brilliant with your host, Aisha Kennedy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Brilliant Misfits. I'm your host, Aisha Kennedy, and today I have someone who I'm really excited to talk about because I think she's going to really help us unpack this whole thing that women in business have, women in general have, about being visible and standing in their truth and voicing their truth into the world. So my guest today is Dominique Oyston. And she's here to talk to us today about manifesting the goddess power within you for fulfillment in business and life through connecting with the voice. So welcome, Dominique. Thank you, Aisha. It's so beautiful to be here. I am in deep gratitude to have you here. Now, I've been, um, I do know Dominique a little bit and I've been following her work and her voice for a while now. And so I'm super excited that she has agreed to come on to the podcast today. And Dominique, I just want to start with what I introduced, the little introduction that I gave about the goddess power within you. I want you to describe to our listeners what that definition is. Well, I suppose that we need to interpret the idea of goddess within a modern context. Mm. And uh, I I don't necessarily see that travelling back into the far distant past to stay in that past is particularly useful. I I think that we're evolving as beings. We evolve our consciousness. We evolve our experience of the world. But there's so much wisdom in the mystery streams from the past, in in from each of the different sort of mystery stream cultures that connected with the goddess energy or uh, triple goddess, ever feminine, mother, maiden, crone, that we actually can learn from this idea of what was it like when women were seen as sacred, when women had presence, when women were acknowledged as authorities, when the wisdom of the feminine was acknowledged in the voice, the oracles, the singers, the speakers, the wisdom holders, the plant workers, that there's so much in what was for us to actually integrate into who we are on an individual and personal basis and, and take forward into a modern world. So we can we can actually believe in ourselves. I mean, that's all it is. It's actually saying, I have value. I, I have a voice and I have something to offer and something to give. And that 
I can actually allow that to be present in my life and say yes to myself. Mm. So it's a bit of a big picture, but yeah. Yeah, and that whole thing about believing in yourself, you know, it sounds simple, but I know that um, myself included have struggled and found that a really big challenge. Have, Have you found that also in your own life to really speak out? I know that... Um, you have a beautiful voice and that you come from a background of voice. So can you also explain a little bit about that background and how you came to do this work? Mm. I, I, when I was a teenager, I went through a phase where I hardly spoke because I was so stressed and angry and teenagerish and, you know, going through a <laughs> storm. And I was so angry And I was terrified that if I spoke what I felt, I would literally do damage and kill people with my words. And so I didn't speak for a couple of years. I hardly spoke at all. And I had a best friend who talked a lot. So we were a perfect combination. (laughs) But during that time, I went to a new school and I started singing. And so my outlet for the voice was singing and I followed through that pathway. And so the singing became the means by which I could express myself in my voice and it turned into a career and it turned into a huge journey. But I was really aware as well that there was this speaking component that needed to actually be nurtured and healed. So there was a lot of healing that needed to be done around my speaking The singing was um, an easier pathway, but it was still full of angst. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it's so singing, singing, working with the voice, I find is really healing. Mm -hmm. You actually heal the self because your voice, you have everything in your voice. Mm -hmm. Your voice expresses the fullness of who you are on that inner inner plane. So if you work with the voice, you automatically work with a sort of medicine around the self. Mm, I love what you're saying and, and, and um, correct me if I'm not, if I'm mistaken, but I think that, um, you know, singing was your intro into expressing the voice or the throat chakra. And in some ways, singing is sort of also you can hide behind it where speaking your voice as you say, you know, healing the speaking part of the voice is like it's much more vulnerable and raw to just speak. I mean, singing is one thing and speaking is another, even though they're related. Mm. The, I think that rawness of self and the exposing of self can be done in the singing realm or the speaking realm because even as speakers we can hide behind poetry, we mm. can hide and acting, and I mean, my my father was a theatre director, so I was brought up um, in that world of Shakespeare and Stanislavski and theatre and performance. And every all those actors that that I saw, they all went in to express themselves, but not actually reveal themselves. If oh, you know, that is such a great distinction. Yeah. yeah, it's so true, isn't it? You can express yourself and not reveal yourself. Mm. Yeah, so they were they were hiding a hundred percent, but this deep emotional release that comes through, living into a, a really beautifully written role, and and it, it's almost like that that is not only for the actor, but it also is for the audience. And I guess this is this thing of um, when you're in front of an audience, you are a facilitator 
for that audience, for an, a transformational experience for them. That's how I experience it anyway, uh, that that's part of standing on a stage and part of actually speaking or singing for people, that you you are the conduit by mean by which they can actually experience more of themselves as well as you experiencing more of themselves, yourself. Sorry. Mm, that's beautiful. I love that word conduit. And I love that you take it into that place of not only for yourself, but for everyone else that's listening. Because it's so true. Like when you listen to somebody who's speaking from their heart and they are revealing themselves, you can be moved to tears sometimes. Well, this is the step I love for business, for entrepreneurs, is that in creating a small business, we actually have to step forward into that space of our own business as our true self. And the layers, the layers of cloaking and hiding and, and protecting ourselves need to be stripped off. And there's there's actual thresholds. Like you can there are seven thresholds that you can walk through to unveiling more of your truth as a speaker or singer in business, I find, that these thresholds where you get a bit more brave and a bit more visible and the next threshold where you become brave in this area and more visible in this area. And it's, yeah, it's this process of just daring to show the world who you actually are, what you really feel, what you really think, and then shaping that as a business creation. It's an amazing process. It's like it's uh, yeah, it's it's a fantastic opportunity for people, I think. Mm, I get goosebumps from that. I'm just wondering, you know, why is it so scary for us women to step into the truth of who we are? Well, I I I think it, it is not just scary for women. I think it's scary to reveal any sort of vulnerability in this day and age. Mm. I mean, Renee Brown talks about this brilliantly how the possibility of being shamed mm. for saying what you really feel. It's okay. Say, say you say something that isn't quite true and someone criticizes it. You can disconnect from that and say, well, I don't really believe that. So there's not as much shame around it. But if you say something that is really truthful for you and someone rejects you, then there's an immediate shame reaction. And this vulnerability that accompanies that is there's a lot of work to be done to stand in a space where you actually dare to be vulnerable. Mm. Like you have to gather your courage. I think it takes real courage. Mm. And this is the work that you're doing with people in stepping into their truth and, and revealing themselves through the voice. Yeah, well, I do it. I do it through providing skill sets. Mm -hmm. Because I find the more skill sets you have around being present and knowing how to direct energy on a stage or simply in communication and knowing how to use your voice and knowing how to open the heart in a way that is balanced, they're, they're skill sets, they can be learned. And this creates a great circle of strength and a circle that expands in terms of your comfort zone of what you can handle from the outside world. So I find the more vocal skill sets and emotional skill sets you have connected to the voice and body language, like understanding body language, it, it gives us the capacity to manage the external. 
responses and and just respond like truthfully say you get an audience who says well I don't understand this why is that and you can say that like that's a really good question let's have a look at it let's let's see if we can break that down and find the answer so you don't have to prove yourself Mm. you're actually brave enough to respond honestly and, uh, and yeah, that's what I provide people with, as many skill sets as possible to be strong and visible and yet be truthful. Mm. I think that's an enormous help just to know that, one, there is there are skill sets and that they can be learned. I think we forget sometimes, you know, we get caught up in our head and in our fear and we think, well, I can't possibly do it. We don't realize that, oh, there, there are tools, there are skills to be learned, and those skills can be practiced and yeah. that we get better and better at it. Yeah, well, the voice is, is a tool for communicating everything that is inside us to the outside world. It's, where, it's the point where, you know, the rubber meets the road, so to speak, mm. and and. I think we underestimate the power of our own voice. We underestimate how much we can impact the world with our voice if we have the voice streamlined to really reveal who we are confidently. Because when we do, when when this, this throat centre is open and generous and cohesive and loving and just inspiring people, this is where incredible change can happen. And if people realise that their voice has this capacity for profound transformation, not only for themselves but for the people that they meet, I think that why, that motivator, that sense of, oh, my voice is purposeful, when people find that, they their courage is ignited and then you add the skill sets around that to support the courage and the purpose and the why and the motivation and and then you're in a medicine space. Oh, the medicine space. I love it. Love it. And when you say voice and I'm listening to you describe that, I get the sense that when you say voice, you're not just talking about words, reciting words, but there's so much more to what you mean by voice. Mm. And I guess that's from my acting background. Like I, I was, <laughs> ever since I was little, I've been crawling around in between the theatre seats, watching, you know, uh, a, a rehearsal, and so I, I'm aware of process and the fact that there's emotive language and emotive tonality, and that we actually can conjure up the inner picturing in people's imaginations and what I mean by this is depending on how we use our voice how we use the tonality as well as the words we can activate in someone's imagination the idea of their own magnificent possibility so you may say things in a way that actually come in and really juicy it up and actually get that, let's get in there and like that. That's a tonality. Um, I'm just making up mumbly jumbly words. But the tonality directs the experience. And as soon as we start using tonality to infuse about life, 
people start imagining and creatively imagining a bigger world and a bigger expansive sort of idea of themselves. So, yeah, and that I was going to say that that sort of idea of sound and the power of sound and the power of words is through all the ancient healing schools. So sound was a <clears throat> it was a primary aspect of how healing was created. You couldn't heal without addressing sound or working with sound. And that's all over all the ancient cultures of the world. So we've kind of lost that a bit in the last 500 years or so. It's really gone underground and it wasn't until they discovered ultrasound in the beginning of the 1900s that this reawakening of the scientific appreciation of the impact of sound, I guess, was reborn. Mm. So. Yeah, wow. You know, that is so, it's, I'm just going into like, it's so exciting <laughs> to me. Um, and I do believe that this this whole ancient healing school is, is starting to sprout out again. I mean, I just had this memory of someone who um, came to my Bali retreat and we had a sound healing guy come in and she came in with pain in her knee. This is a physical thing, but she had pain in her knee. And after the sounding session, she she got up and said, the pain's gone. And then she just sort of expected it would return and it never did for the rest of the time. And so it is really powerful, isn't it, Dominique, the yeah, sound? Definitely. In physics, sound constructs matter. So everything that is matter is um, recalibrated through vibration. And so if you sound through, I guess, a certain training, if you understand a, a training behind um, certain sound frequencies and you also are intuitively aligned so the science and the intuition work together then basically you could sort of go to someone's knee and the, the, the quite literally the molecules would respond to the vibration and there would be an energetic change of energetic flow in that knee and so the pain would go mm. It's, it's as literal as that. It actually works. Mm, how powerful as, is that to bring that back into our modern world? Yeah, well, there's, the Greeks were interesting because they were the ones that first took it out of, um, I guess, the, the mystery, clairvoyant experience of sound into science. And uh, Pythagoras, who, of course, was a mathematician, his part of his school was um, relating sound and vibration to mathematics. So there's this huge body of work from Pythagoras, so 500 years BC, uh, to do with science and sound, the scientific measurement of sound. So there's, that body of work exists and we're just starting to tap into it again. I mean, I really am very enthusiastic about all this. Mm. <laughs> Me too. And when you did that little um, sounding just then, oh, that was that was even powerful. Maybe you can do a little bit at the end of the show, a little bit of sound healing for us. That would be so delightful. Absolutely. So I want to step back a little bit. You, you mentioned, and I'm really curious about the seven thresholds 
And is this part of a program that you do, or is this something that you have available to people to work with? And can you briefly describe, is it possible to describe what the thresholds are? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's a program that, yeah, I'll be running it again next year. Hmm. And this this threshold, essentially, it's working with the chakra system in the ancient Egyptian system and the ancient Indian system and the Persians, they they worked with the chakras and they would use sound and the Greeks, um, in but the Greeks trained with the Egyptians and Persians. Um, they would work through sounding through the chakra system and each system is different, so there's no real rules. <laughs> but, uh, That's the, music to my ears. <laughs> being a misfit I don't really like rules either and I think well we have to make something spontaneous Mm. as well as structured it has to have both elements because when that well your your work in the field of creativity and of course creativity is to do with that mixing of substance and form and where they interplay with one another. And if you just have substance, then you still have to create form. And if you just have form, then it becomes rigid and it becomes set in time and then it becomes restrictive. So, yeah, that interplay of substance and form. But the thresholds are to do with... I, I've, I've, I guess, been looking, I've been a yoga teacher for a long time and I've been working with this idea of how does it make sense for me to work with the chakra system and sound healing and this idea of the goddess energy that lives in each chakra and this idea of the creative emotional forces that live into each chakra. So I've gradually been creating this system of um, bringing yourself into more alignment and bringing yourself into more expression and bringing yourself into more self-empowerment as an individual through these thresholds. And so I'm relating them to the chakra system. And so obviously the, the root power center will be to do with how we express ourself to our tribe, how we connect to our survival instincts, how we connect to our ability to build our foundation. And sound, the way we use sound can build these amazing foundations. We can really use sound to sound our roots down into the earth and make ourselves strong and give ourselves a sense of uh, our solidity, I guess. And the fact that how do we want to stand on the earth? How do we want to be purposeful on the earth? How do we want to actually be connected, walking our path on the earth? So that would be the first threshold. And there's a whole lot of ideas around the voice to do with that. And it lives in the physical as well. So simple things like the jaw. You you can see the chakra system on the face and the jaw is aligned to root chakra. And most people, when they're speaking, have a tight jaw. Mm. Simple as that. So the moment that you actually tell the jaw to relax a little bit and drop into the body, then immediately you're not lifting yourself away from your foundation. You're not actually 
fearful in your foundation. You're actually saying, I am strong enough to relax my jaw. I trust my ability to let the air into the lungs and to release the sound through the jaw. I'm not going to restrict my sound through a tight jaw. I'm not going to restrict my breath through a tight jaw. Does that make sense? Total sense, yeah. And even as you're talking, I can feel my body <laughs> relaxing and grounding. And, um, yeah, and I, I guess, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm passionate about yoga. So that whole, um, I think yoga really is, essentially is just really getting embodied, like really embodied. And yeah. um, what you're doing with the sound through the chakra sounds so amazing. Well, I also, I guess because I've been an opera singer, well, mm. I, I still am an opera singer. You, you can't sing operatically without being in really positive relationship with your physical body. Like you have to love your belly because your belly is where, ah, is where the strength <laughs> comes from. I love it. Like that, this is power. Your, that whole pelvic cradle of root chakra, sacral chakra, solar plexus chakra, that's where the dynamic of the voice comes from. And then, then we get the sort of emotive colouring through that and then the technique around the throat and head. But, yeah, your, your oomph comes from your, your physical foundation. Mm. And so that thing you said about embodying, to me, if we don't actually embody our voice, then we're always going to be in the head a little bit too much. And when we start to really feel our voice come to life in the body, then it's exciting. Like it's actually exciting to communicate. And there's so much more freedom and generosity that comes from that sense of, wow, my voice is moving right through me. Um, so those seven thresholds are to do with each of the chakras and mm. each of the chakras has a, a concept around sound connected to it and an emotional experience of sound and also the physical, like say, for instance, sacral chakra is to do with tongue and the tongue is the babies learn to speak by moving their tongues first all that tongue work and that's that's the you know that's that beautiful creative aphrodite energy and intuition and <laughs> oh, it sounds so juicy so when are you going to do another one of those programs dominique next year did you say yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Probably um, start in, uh, I'd say somewhere mid-Feb or towards the end of February. Yeah, after after the holidays here in Australia. Yes. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Mm. So it's fun. You know, working with the voice is fun in this way because it takes it away from pure technique and it takes it into the experience of self and the experience of liberating more of yourself and the experience of claiming more of your own power and your own authority and, and simply things like what, what it belongs to you in the physical. Um, an example of that would be one of my clients, she, she had a long tongue, like physically a long tongue. And so She'd been told things like, hold your tongue. Oh, you, you know, you talk too much, da, 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 da. And it translated to 
the fact that the back of her tongue was really tight. And so she couldn't breathe properly because the back of the tongue was so tight that she wasn't able to take the air in. So there's this simple physical correlation between an emotional story around your voice and the experience of how much life you can take in and how much you can express. Wow. Yeah, and as soon as I said, you've probably got a long tongue because you have so much to say, let that flow forth and love your tongue. And immediately she's just doing things completely differently. She's just flying. She's fantastic. So there's a permission that we need to give Mm. voice yeah so important isn't it that we give permission to ourselves and especially the voice and you know Dominique your work is so beautiful because I think you help women especially women in business entrepreneurs who they know uh, intellectually that part of being an entrepreneur especially online is being visible and you know having a voice um, is important And I think that your work is helping to show people that that purpose within the voice, that your voice is purposeful. And I think that's a really important thing to embrace because it takes it out of your personalized fear and um, it takes you into, yeah, I really have this message that I want to do. I I have this purpose to help people. And that's only going to happen when we really give ourselves permission to voice our truth and to speak what our wisdom is, that deep wisdom from the years. Yeah, and the voice that we've been given Mm. is the one that we've been given for a reason. I I, I do really believe this. For instance, some people, there's so much self-criticism around the voice and I I don't like my voice or I hate my voice and I, I like to, I guess, help people reflect on, well, look at, let's look at your voice and say what are the qualities about your voice that actually align with your purpose. So someone who, for instance, has a lot of energy up the top, maybe they're actually really good at hyping people up, simple stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or someone who's very quiet and very inward as a speaker they, they may actually be able to lead people into a quiet space and a communion with nature in a way that someone who was more hyper couldn't. Do you know what I mean? Like so yes. the, yeah. the voice itself I find is very aligned with our purpose and if we reject our voice, it usually means that we haven't seen the possibilities of how our voice is expressing and leading towards purpose, as you say. Mm, That makes so much sense, Dominique. It makes total sense. I think when you, you know, you get a little sense of what you align with, what resonates with you, what you enjoy or what you're passionate about, and then you recognize that your particular unique voice is a direct reflection of that. I don't think that's brilliant. Yeah. Well, this morning, for instance, I, I'm working with a guy at the moment and I don't work with many men, but he, people find their way to me and, <laughs> and he's doing singing lessons with me. And through the lessons over the last couple of months, it's like, oh my gosh, this person is here to be a sound healer. 
this person is here to hold space with their voice. And it, it's so sort of evident as you work, de- as we're working deeper into um, the sounds he can make, is that, that that's what his voice is for. Like, And he's just so longing to do that. But um, then he just needs the skills. So, yeah. So he sings out of tune and my job is to teach him to sing in tune and to really know where his resonances are most purposeful for um, clearing the mind or clearing the emotional space or clearing, you know, getting physical energy moving. Uh, yeah, so it, it, the voice reveals the pathway sometimes as well. Mm. Mm. So I want to um, ask you, when you were talking before about, you know, people who uh, speak in a way that actually touches their audience and they get really involved and they feel emotions within themselves and it becomes a, a collective experience. Now, I find like sometimes when I watch people who do TED Talks that they really do capture their audience and... Um, Maybe you can talk a little bit about that because I know that you also help people prepare for TED Talks and I think that's, you know, people think that, oh, people just get up there and start rambling on, but that's not true, is it? Absolutely <laughs> not. I mean, TED, TED is an extreme example because a, a lot of times if, if you're speaking as yourself and, and you're telling good stories and you're basically being yourself then an audience will go along with that they'll they'll enjoy what you're doing but but ted is very different because it's such a short time frame Mm. you have between five and 18 minutes to basically totally electrify your audience and ignite them ignite their interest and ignite their sense of the world is a bigger place than I imagined and so Ted is also a film that is streamed so you have to prepare you have to prepare your energy your speech your personality and by that I mean what do you want to bring to it do you want to bring real action and excitement or do you want to bring a measuredness or do you want to bring a sort of laconic quality? Um, and as long as these things are connected to who you innately are, then we actually, Ted is, Ted is like the pinnacle of an artistic presentation of a business speech or a speech that essentially is just one idea. And if you don't prepare, then uh, you're mad for Ted, really, there's a, the madness not to prepare because it's such a fantastic opportunity. A million people watch TED Talks every day. Mm. It's a huge opportunity to potentially spread your business message all over the world. And there's local TED events and there's the big mothership events. But to prepare for something like that and to prepare your whole being as a performance, like the TED people definitely recommend that you work with singers. They say work with singers so you know what you're doing with your voice. Work with actors so you know what you're doing as a performer. Work with speech writers so you know that you're getting the most out of your speech and know how to tell stories and rehearse don't practice, 
rehearsed. Practicing tends to create a, a sort of rut, you know, a single channel, and we tend to feel constricted after a while by that. Whereas rehearsal is a different concept. It's always about bringing out more spontaneity within the structure. So the structure, of, say, of a play or a TED Talk speech is very concise. There are certain words that you must say at a certain time. So living into the experiences and the training that actually allows you to be spontaneous in that moment um, is, is really important. And for TED, there's this extra step which is you have to prepare to be able to connect to an audience. You don't have the fourth wall that you do in theatre where you can hide behind the fourth wall and not look at your audience. In tech, you have to work with the people that are right in front of you and, and really be present for them and look at them and make eye contact and laugh with them or bring them in to your story or ask them questions. So all of this is needs to be really well prepared, I think, to do it well, to take advantage of the opportunity because it's an extraordinary opportunity. And if you're going to go there, you may as well do your best pre-preparation to be most present and most generous and most true in that moment. Mm, sage advice, Dominique, and I imagine you you would be such a wonderful person to work with in that preparation. And you do do programs, don't you, on helping prepare for TED Talks? I do. I've actually got one starting on Monday. So, um, yes, this is if anyone wants to do a TED Talk, they've got a few days left to jump in. <laughs> Could they jump in a few days late? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a 10-week program. And I'm sure you'll be doing it again throughout yep. 2017. Yeah, so don't we'll worry, audience, if you've missed this one, <laughs> there's the next one. <laughs> and um, I'll have all of Dominique's information on the show notes, her website and how you can get in touch with her and all of that. Thank you. Yeah. So welcome. Now, we're just about out of time, but I would really love if you would give us a little, I don't know what to call it, a little sound healing perhaps, maybe with the throat and the heart or whatever you feel is appropriate. And we can just listen, whether you're driving or just lying on the sofa, wherever you are, to just take in the sound and let it really vibrate and give you some healing today. Would that be all right? That would be delightful. Oh, so good. I grabbed my, um, I've got some crystal bowls because the crystalline energy is really beautiful for, I guess, cohesively harmonizing the nervous energy of the body in particular. Mm. So really good for the nervous system. And so I've got a G bowl, which in the Greek system corresponds to the throat chakra. So I'll just do some toning with the crystal bowl. Thank you so much. Pleasure.
Blessings to you, Dominique. That touched in me such a deep core remembrance of of ancient times, of ancient wisdom. Um, I'm teared right now, and I feel really blessed by your beautiful light and your gifts in the world. So much appreciation for you being here today. Thank you, Aisha. It's my pleasure. Wonderful. It's my absolute pleasure. And for pleasure. the listeners today, um, you can get in touch with Dominique. I'll have her website and all the relevant links so that you can connect with her directly. Thank you, Dominique. Bye for now. Thank you all for being here today. If you enjoyed the episode, please go to iTunes and give it a review and subscribe. And don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits, And for more information on living a creative life, www.asiakennedy.com.